It's the Stranger Nerds here with the season finale of the first season of our wonderful show, Stranger Things. I am Connor Vandermark. I'm here with Mitchell Lee, Nick Izzo, and Tommy Grant. Almost called you Thomas there for some reason. Don't know why. Oh, so, please don't get that official with me. I know. So, Mitchell, since you missed the last two episodes, uh, which you definitely missed because we had definitely had some discussions. So. Yeah. Give me so your first question, Mitchell. Did you get to listen to the last two episodes to know what was going on? I didn't because my <gasps> listening, uh, my, my, my Spotify was being goofy with me this morning, and I wanted to make sure that I was fresh listening to listen it. To your, you don't even listen to your own show. <laughs> I, I'm more inclined to listen to it when I don't have to listen to my own voice. So it's just, it's just <laughs> been a busy last few weeks in the college sports world. Um, hey, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. So. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But I was happy to get my first rewatches in of these uh, final three episodes of the uh, first season of Stranger Things. That was nice. Um, and how do we want to do this? Am I just giving my grades on the last two, or just, I would you know, say to get that out of the way? Um, well, we did have a. I wish you did listen to episodes. We did have a kind of a lengthy discussion about the low triangle. Uh, yes. How Tommy puts oh, yeah, it. Yeah. Yes. And I think this <laughs> is kind of the point where a lot of people start to turn from uh, the right side to the wrong side. Uh, wow. They start to feel bad for, uh, you know, peeping Tom over there. And they, <laughs> they, they fall into the, well, this is the popular guy in a high school movie. So that means I'm supposed to hate him. And I can't necessarily blame simple minds for falling into that trap. Uh, it is what it is, and it happens. But I am above such uh, above such trappings, and I have been on Team Steve since the jump. And I am uh, Steve to the moon. As Steve the, to the, uh, moon. the the, the, the well, little Street. did you know, the rest of your team slowly betrayed you over the last two episodes, and I was successful able to convert. Nick to Team Jonathan for the time being. I don't know if that's changed for episode eight, but we're here's the thing, know, Tom. All team Here, here's the thing, young Thomas. You all know you say. might know you say. might win a few battles. <laughs> I will take the war. I mean, I did say in the beginning that I'm Team Jonathan for most of the show, but towards the end, I'm Team See, Steve. I don't know. Tom is the one that went to Norwich, so like, I feel like he would be the best strategist out of out of uh, out of this platoon, if you will. I think the word is strategist. Aren't I yeah, strategist, you? not you know. <laughs> that, that, that. Yeah, how, how much did they teach him about the game of love? Huh? <laughs> no, he, he's married so but i do have a kid so i do think i've got a leg up on that on that level congratulations that just means you have more bills to pay than me oh you that is very no true idea. no idea yeah. and i would like to keep it that way for a little bit um but i'm definitely on team uh i'm on team steve i uh, okay. i know that a lot of people once things get violent and they start to feel bad for Steve because poor little Jonathan gets his ass beat for being a creepy perv. Like, come on, guys. Did, what did are we Jonathan doing get his ass beat? I'm pretty sure it was the other way around. 
Yeah, Steve. Steve got a lot of licks on Steve, that one. Steve got a little, yeah. uh, a little bit smacked around well, there. Okay, but when they first got into it with the camera, that's kind of He's... the first time anyone lays hands on anybody else, and so immediately there are people that are going to go, "All right, I'm on Team Jonathan, no matter what," because Steve was the first one to get physical. And it doesn't matter what happens from there on out. If you're the first one to do it, and it's not directly called for, you lose people. No, I definitely get that. Um, and I would say it was, uh, for those who remember from episode six, episode seven, I had a little snafu where I got confused with a scene in episode seven where Steve actually decided to step up and was like, hey – we're being assholes. We should stop it. And no, it was with the he's uh, a human being. Yeah, he actually became a human being for a bit. Yeah, against uh, he's not. It's so easy for a character like this in this type of series to become a generic bully. And I kept thinking that, you know, watching season six, season seven, my first time, I'm like, they're gonna kill Steve at the end of the season. Either he's going to be a heroic sacrifice who figured out the error error of his ways and just offed himself, or he's going to do something stupid and get himself killed. And I'm glad that they did not take either of those routes because that would be cheap and easy. And I, I play the love triangle story just for shits and giggles because it's a fun little story arc to play around with as the seasons go. I am team Steve towards the end because Honestly, having seen the show, I think Steve has probably one of the best arcs in the show. Hey, let's not, you know, we got, we got people, we got, we have Stranger Things virgins. I know. And that's why I try not to. You need to treat them gently. You can't just go balls deep. You need to be gentle with them. Okay. You need to. I want to, I want to see their, I want to see their opinions change throughout the show. But another segment. Another All segment right, you missed though, Mitchell. Here. Yeah, it's pouring here too. But another segment you missed, Mitchell, was we created a new uh what the hell would Mitchell predict this ep or rate this episode segment. Okay. In which we all gave our own opinions as to what you would rate the episode. So All right. I don't know if you can see the show notes, but Connor, if you I want can. to go over our scores and Mitchell, you can give us your official rating for the episodes. Sure thing. Right. So, for episode six, uh, it was a little lower than others. Uh, yes. I read it as an 8.1. Izzo, Nick Izzo, that is, 7.8. And Tommy at 7.5. I will, again, again Nick Cage coming on the show? For the listeners, I don't know if they did. We call, we call you Izzo, we call you Nick sometimes. Majority call you Nick. So... I don't know. I'm All making right. sure that yeah. we, we we clarified who we're talking about. No confusions there. So, <laughs> so it was an average. It was an average of seven point eight, and we guessed for that episode for you. We came in. Oh, it's actually on the uh, episode eight show. Doc. Should, right. should he say it first to see if like you know we're gonna play closest, closest to the pin? I guess. Oh, yeah. let's, All right, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do that. Or we're we, we going to play. We're yeah. we going prices right rules, or if we go over, you're out. I think price is right. Yeah. You think price Let's is right the way to go? I think so. Yeah. Why not? Well, Why not? I'm a danger. <laughs> okay. So, so, so to prevent any, so I guess to prevent any bias, let's have Mitchell give his prediction first. 
or his rating yeah. first, and then we'll my say. My prediction for my rating, or what my no, actual right, rating is? Your rating. Six. Ignore, ignore the rating. part. Okay, my actual rating for episode six was 8.24. Oh, it's just over. Oh! Oof. What did I say? 7.52 is Tommy, who is the winner. Nick said 5.48, which I was definitely mm. against because I knew that <laughs> Mitchell was going to be higher in that episode. Uh, yeah, I gave it an 8.33. For you, Mitchell, which I was pretty good on. I was happy. With it's that. almost sure. like I know Mitchell pretty well. Well, I, was, I haven't I, really seen him in the past ten years. Hey, I was closer. <laughs> I was closer. I just prices right rules. I missed. I missed on that. I uh, I exaggerated my guess because I I thought that you would rate it much lower, Mitchell, given the fact that Steve got his ass kicked. So <laughs> which which was, was, a, I don't, was a valid I don't reason. That was I don't the watch basis these. For, for I don't my, watch my these. I don't. I don't watch these with like. Oh, I'm rooting for. Like, you'll come to see in later seasons. I'm like, hey, I might like you as a character, but I think it makes sense for you to die right now. So let's 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 get oh, to okay. chopping. So, in my defense of you, Mitchell, since I because I came closest to the pin on this. I definitely, as my conversations with you, since I haven't talked to you in a while and you know catching up with you now, like you're definitely someone who, unless you want to talk about the movies and stuff, like you have, you understand the separation of characters and actual elements of the of the show slash movie that you like. Absolutely, yeah. I don't just like people I, I, do what do went to the Errors Tour movie. Props to him. I went to. I've. I have seen 74 movies so far this year that have come out in the year 2020, uh, 2023. Are you an AMC A-lister? I'm a Regal Unlimiter. Okay, Um, that's the the Regal one. I'd I'd rather do A-list, but the AMC in my town is kind of trash, so I go to the Regal instead. Fair enough. Um, So, uh, yeah, been watching a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. Episode 8. Episode 7. Hold on. I need episode your seven, seven prediction. Apple. Don't jump ahead. Don't oh, so, like sorry, Nick. episode seven. Don't sorry, like episode, episode seven. Right. seven sorry, episode seven. Let me let me pull this up. Let me pull this <laughs> up. Make sure I got it right. He doesn't even know that you keep he, your damn he, mouth shut. He hasn't even heard. Hold it. Uh, I got an eight point nine five on this one. I oh man, so uh, Tommy's dead on in that one. Wait, he got the exact one. Exact dead on eight point nine five for Tommy. Oh wow. Eight point nine one for Izzo. And then I had a 9.07. That's what I guess for you. Yeah, I was. So I was, I was within very, five. So okay, very high I'll on that. that. Was you, were, me and Nick were close, but I was I'll fucking take within, dead on. I'll take within a All point right. oh five. I'm inside Mitchell's head. That's that's <laughs> something like that. Might be a scary place to be. It is. It's but a terrifying place to be. I recommend. I live in a world of terror and chaos, <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm taking the win in the first one. I'll say that. So. So uh, congratulations! Not, no, not Tommy. Impressive. Tommy gets it for for getting the uh, the, the bullseye. Right. Yeah, the bullseye was very impressive. Tommy. True, I'll give you that. Uh, 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 yeah, but we nice. definitely start to uh, gear up, so to speak, for the the finale in this one. We get the confirmation that Barb is dead, and we actually get like a physical representation of Will. And the the upside down. We'll get into that. I, I yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that plenty with the with the eighth episode. Um, it was very much just kind of like it, it, I don't want to say it was a setup episode because I feel like a lot of 
episodes before the finale can kind of feel like we're just setting the table for whatever the finale might bring. And this certainly has a lot of that in it, but it also is still very exciting and has a lot going on. I just realized something. You just you just jogged my memory on something. I'm writing it down. My What's notes. that? Uh, I will, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, right. we, we kind of refer to episode six as like the breath of air before all the shit hits the fan. And episode yeah, it's very much it's it's the Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. It's like yeah. no one no one watches that movie and is like, "Wow, this is my favorite Harry Potter." But like, some things needed to happen to get us to where we need to go, and now we're in you know Wizard Armageddon. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. So. So, do we want to dive into this episode? Uh, predictions from last Diving. week. Oh, yes, predictions. I yes. I written mine down. Is though? Did you? I did. Wow! Look at us. We're doing good, guys. Yes, mm. dude. It's All almost right. like we're finding our rhythm at the end of the first season. <laughs> hey, that yeah. just means that second season is going to be even better. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's be maybe not hitting. the quality, but the you know the quality of the podcast. Yes, yes. organization of the podcast. That's yeah. probably more uh, proper. That's close. So, um, so I had that. I thought Will was going to be saved, um, which we'll get into in a bit. Uh, I was pretty much good on mine because uh, top top of Hopper trying to convince the lab to uh, let him in. Um, and, like exchange info. Um, yeah, and then uh, the one thing I did miss on was the whole Nancy and John trying to distract the monster from Will, but. We'll get to that. You were kind of on that. It was, it was, it took a different path. Very interesting, though. And I, I really like how the, the directors played that out, um, which, again, we'll get into. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was, you know, it wasn't like too hard to make some predictions this one because you could see where plot points were going. But I thought that, uh, still, I was, we'll get to later, I was very impressed with this episode. Izzo. I was also uh, very pleased with uh, how everything played out and my predictions were pretty pretty vague as as they usually go but um like you mentioned i felt the events were pretty easy to predict on this one um i I didn't really feel like confused with anything so i kind of just had that hopper and joyce were gonna go into the upside down i don't i don't i wasn't sure of the method but I love I whenever they would both go there. Whenever Nick no, starts, <laughs> he sounds like a butler. Whenever he starts, he's like, "Yes, I was very pleased with this episode. It was, uh, it, uh, it did the dishes, and it was, it got it home on curfew." That's how it is. For those of us listening. Nick is usually wearing a top hat and has a very twirly mustache and a, and a monocle. We <laughs> <laughs> call him Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I was very pleased with this episode. It gave me great satisfaction, Mr. Wade. Yeah. It's it's almost as if Nick skipped the whole episode and went straight to the finale. <laughs> Ooh, Nick, Nick shows up to every episode, dropped like the fucking Monopoly guy. Such a thing. <laughs> Who would have done such a thing, Tommy? That's that's crazy. I don't know. He's uh, gone over uh, Mitchell's yeah. head twice now. What? Nick, Nick accidentally skipped ahead and watched yeah, the finale before episode yeah. seven. He got confused. Yeah. Well, why the yeah. hell did you do that? You know that seven comes before yeah. eight, right? 
Uh, we we don't need to go into it. If you listened to the episode, <laughs> you forgot you how to count. You, you if you know. watched the show, Mitchell, you would have known all this information. I was, and you I was skip very, over my my counting abilities were very unsatisfactory. <laughs> uh, no, it it didn't have anything to do with counting. But yeah. he he got confused and then he committed and he's like, all right, whatever. Damn, oh, damn, damn. You make me explain <laughs> this shit again. Okay, I'm ready. So, so, you know, okay, how about we'll, we'll keep oh, going. Mitchell, re-listen to episode seven. Yes. What if or I don't want to? What seven. if I want you to explain it to me? <laughs> too, too long. We got things to do. We got things to do. 15 minutes, episode, 15 minutes oh, into this episode, man. and we haven't started talking about the episode. That's true. Oh. Let's talk about the episode. Then. Come on, guys. Let's let's get into this. So, as Connor and Nick both predicted, Joyce and Hopper, they make it into Hawkins' lab, but obviously they get caught at the end of episode seven. And we start off the episode with them getting interrogated. Two different ways. Joyce is just basically having the little chat with Brenner, which is more of Joyce just screaming at Dr. Brenner and telling him, like, hey, you fucked up on so many levels. You covered up my kid's murder, blah, blah, blah. Whereas poor Hopper's getting fucking tased and beaten to shit. And I think it's Agent Frazier is her name. She basically says, you know, threatens to kill Hopper and make it look like a drug overdose. Which, in my mind, I'm now thinking, is she the one that drug made him look drugged in the first place a couple episodes ago? Did you guys yes. pick up on that? That would be... Yeah. I was thinking that as well. I would think that I would be like, her. Mm, that, is, that, was that's, too, that's, that was too specific of a, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, exactly. Especially when it happened before, and then Hopper just goes and beats the hell out of his house looking for the camera or the wire. Yeah. Like, I mean, which she ultimately finds. Yeah. Yep. Like, she's definitely the ringleader. Um, but the, I think it was the other agent who did insinuate, but she was the one who was, like, overseeing things. I don't know, because, I mean, she's the one that pulled the gun and shot Benny. Not Benny. No, no, no. I'm saying, no, I'm saying as we come to drug overdose, I don't think she's the one who actually said it. It was the other guy who had the syringe with the um, the drug. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think she's going to be able to fucking manhandle and drag Hopper around, so I'm sure yeah, she I, had to remove him. No, but, like, it was definitely... Probably it was definitely pre pre planned of like oh this is what we're going to going to, uh, try to set up here, but props to Hopper taking the initiative and turning it around on them. Yep. I yeah, thought he, he convinced he, them so easily. I mean, I was it like, was really? a pretty I was like, That's all it took. <laughs> it also came down to Doctor Brenner's arrogance because obviously we Hopper makes a deal with Brenner, basically saying, if you let us enter the Upside Down and find Will, we'll basically not say anything about the activities that are going on here. Dr. Brenner counters and says, if you give up 11, then we got a deal. It was a ballsy move on Hopper's part because he basically just sold out 11 for Will, who they didn't even know if he was alive at this point. So I thought that was a pretty ballsy exchange, but we see it happen. Brenner thinks that Hopper testicles, man. He he does, but I mean, Doctor Brenner also agreed because he says as they're walking out, you know, they're not making it out of there alive because his guys couldn't make it out of their alive. So why would some random small town cop make it out alive with the housewife with them? I will also say this: I think Hopper making that deal. I also think he had the confidence in the kids of like they've got out of the shit already once, evading these guys. 
there's a good chance they're going to be able to do it again. Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's still a ballsy situation because they're literally by themselves at school, not anticipating anybody to find them. Whereas prior to that, they at least knew the government was outside the house. They had some sort of warning and idea like, hey, we're being watched. Like, they're just in a school not having any clue that, like, hey, Hopper just sold us out and the government's on their way to come get Eleven. Yeah, like, I guess the warning they had was, uh, not Dustin, Lucas, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Dustin, uh, actually, I think both. Yeah, Lucas was one. No, no, okay, yeah, I got that confused. Yeah, Dustin Luke, was one. Lucas yeah. radioed Dustin, and Dustin basically came in. Yeah, that's saying, yeah. So, Luke, yeah, go. Lucas was the one who radioed in. And so, they at least had a little bit of a, a heads, heads up. up. Hey, but it wasn't much. Because, like, the van, the van was already there, and, like, the guy, like, like ready, ready to win, like, hey, the girl's here. Yeah. So. So, anyway, so we basically see Hopper sell out 11. And Hopper and Joyce suit up, and they go into the Upside Down. And immediately we get Joyce kind of having a panic attack because she's desperate to find Will, and they're in this creepy, scary place. And that's when we start the first of the Hopper flashbacks, which are just absolutely devastating in this episode. Um, We see his daughter having difficulty breathing, which turned out to be the first sign of her having cancer and we kind of throughout this episode see what happens to his daughter and it makes me tear up i've watched this show like six times now i think and this episode still gets me every time because it's just fucking rough to watch yeah you watch that and you kind of see like the the culmination of all the episodes before of you know, you, you you realize that something is, you know, has happened in his, in his life, but you don't really know what it is. And then until you get into the flashbacks, then, you know, for me, it was like, a, oh, shit, like, I didn't realize that this all happened. So that was uh, very intense and, uh, you know, emotion-filled scene right there. Well, luckily for me, I didn't give a shit. No, I'm just kidding. Of course you do. Every single <laughs> You are <laughs> <a bastard. laughs> Anytime you watch something like that, you're going to feel for the character if it's done right. And sometimes when even when it's done wrong, you can end up, you know, just getting something because of the situation. But it's acted well. It's it's not it's not phony. You definitely feel it. Uh, and that 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 type of thing right there is. A lot of the reason why I think that uh, why am I blanking on his damn name? Hopper. David Harbor. David Harbor uh, is yeah. my uh, quite possibly my favorite actor in this series. He's definitely the most consistent, and I think yeah. he's grown a lot over the course of these seasons. Uh, you feel a lot for this character. He feels very genuine, but he also he he feels like a real person. Uh, he's not really just like a plot device to get cheap emotion out of somebody. Uh, which there have been several shows, movies, miniseries, whatever you want to call it, that have uh, had a dying child subplot that was there for nothing other than cheap emotion. So we get the start of that whole emotional roller coaster for this episode. But then we cut to the wonderful love triangle of this series where we have Jonathan and Nancy setting up traps for the Demogorgon. And Jonathan creates the infamous bat with the nails on it that 
we end up seeing Steve take over and become his uh, go-to weapon of choice. So I got to ask, if you guys are prepping for a Demogorgon fight, we know Lucas's favorite weapon is his slingshot. Jonathan goes for a bat. Nancy's got a gun. What would you guys choose? Of just basic either household items or things you could buy at a store. Ah, okay. I was going to go with like okay. a nuclear bomb, but I'm guessing nope. that you're not going to allow you're a high school. You're a high school kid. I'm actually 29, so money. that's false. <laughs> you're wrong. Put yourself in their shoes. You're roughly Did you want to try this again? <laughs> nope, nope. You heard me correctly. Uh, what would my weapon be? So, so we're pretending that we are the kids. We're pretending to be yeah. in high school, Nick. We're, we're, it's, it's... Go back in time, Nick, to back in our wonderful high school oh, years. Okay. We got to fight some. You liked high monster. school. You're a piece of shit. Just so you know. Um. I mean, I at least you know freshman sophomore. Like if you liked if, if, go. <laughs> if you liked freshman and sophomore year, you were uh, not well, the best person. Sorry, you were senior in it. the south. We had a great time in high school. We were playing. Fruit Ninja with real swords. We were making jackass videos. We had a great time. Okay, that doesn't sound any different than anything anybody else did anywhere else. And it was a blast. That was, that was not that was not New Jersey specific. Kids being stupid is not a New Jersey thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> you think that's limited? Stupid, you think it's it limited to the Garden State? No. I don't know. Me, right. whatever the hell we call this state here. Don't tip my tongue, but I've forgotten. Uh, you don't even know your own state? Wow. The Tar Heel North State. Wow. You're, you're in the wonderful That's state of sky. North Carolina. That's no. a stupid name for a state. It's North Kakalaki. Come on now. Well, now I can we're going to have to venture into this. Well, where, where I, the hell I feel like you you're kind of... Oh my God. You just set <laughs> the English language back a few years. Okay, so going back to the original topic of what my Demogorgon weapon would be, Lego bricks, baby. Lego bricks. <laughs> that, so that would be a solid weapon in Home place alone. of the bear trap. Yeah. Just just lay out a bunch of small Lego pieces across the floor because no one, no one can deny the pain of stepping on a fucking Lego. It hurts sure. like a bitch. You better go with ball bearings, though. I don't know. I would definitely, I, I, I would definitely go something more like a like a slicing weapon, like take like a hacksaw and like jerry rig it on top, like like two of my hockey sticks or something. Like I, I wouldn't use escape because that'd be kind of more the Canadian cumbersome. weapon of war. A hockey stick. I know. Stick. Yeah, generally speaking, yes. <laughs> but um, I would take like a hacksaw test. So I'd have to like get some slicing. You, you gonna apologize weapon. after you hit the Demogorgon? Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say sorry. Oh, sorry, eh? Sorry, sorry, eh? <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to hip check you. <laughs> but, like, them having more of, like, a puncturing weapon instead of, like, a slicing weapon, I thought was very, uh, I definitely want more slicing and try to, like, cut off some limbs. I think, uh, I think it would have went with a weed whacker. A weed whacker? Yeah. That's an interesting choice. Because then you'd have to be reload- I, I feel like that would be very limited effectiveness once that wire cuts off after hitting flesh. I don't know, man. I'm in high school. What the hell am I supposed to use besides that and a knife? 
Let's go with I have chainsaws. You can have chainsaws. <laughs> I have chainsaw in my in my garage. That you I use have regularly a, as a high school? High school. Yeah, I, I had um, I, my my dad taught me how to cut stuff up. Oh, whoop de do. Yeah, so that's where all the bodies went. I'll use, you know what? I'll, I'll use my nunchucks. How about that? Oh, not, okay. I like it. You look like I would have to in go a positive direction. I would have to go with an axe. Just pure blunt force. Just go in. Axes are sharp too. That was yeah. my number two. That was, I, I, I did consider that like a nice like long handle axe. Oh, get yeah. some nice leverage on that. And, and have a little mini hand axe in your pocket as well in case you got to drop the big one. You got to go in close for the kill. Was that a uh, what fighting game was with the uh, the Apache in? Was that wasn't like a um, Ultimate Warrior or something like that? That was like some science shows or something. I forget what it was. I'm pulling a reference so probably from like 2010. <laughs> okay, well. Anyway, so let's get back to the show here. So we see Jonathan and Nancy do the blood oath where they slit their palms to basically use their blood to draw the Demogorgon, which I also thought was a bit of an odd choice. Like, did they both have to slice their hands the blood. But did they both have to? Hey, you shut the hell up. They both had to do it. I feel like Nancy could have just not had to cut her hand and Jonathan could have been a big boy and just Slice his hand. Nah, but they both wanted to do it. Almost as yeah. if you know. Since since you want them, since you want them to be in love so badly, it it's a blood very oath. interesting first date. Let's put it at that. But blood oath, you know, blood oath, demogorgon hunting. They cut in. It was the deadliest warrior. The game. Oh yes, I remember that show. They had a pirate, the Apache, like the gladiator. Yeah. It was so much fun. That was a good show. Us for us history nerds, yeah, that was a good show. Okay, continuing back to the blood oath. Yes. So, <laughs> so shortly after their blood oath, Steve shows up, frantically knocking and screaming, which I thought was kind of odd. It was almost as if he ran there panicked. I don't know why. Like what? Like why was Steve like out of breath, banging on the door for Jonathan? Because I don't think he knew Nancy was there, and he was just so out of breath. Like, like what the fuck was with that? He was not done was... masturbating. Well, uh, Mitchell, as the as the Steve fanatic, I mean, what, what was going on in Steve's head? Why was he so out of breath and freaking out? Maybe he's not in as good shape as me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've got no. Maybe he's just like. I just thought it was funny. He's like just kinda, he's just kind of panicked. I don't know. What's but like, why? That it was just an odd choice. I, I didn't understand why he was so. Because he he has. He, he's getting the vibes that you know, I mean Jonathan, Jonathan's taking Jonathan's taking over this 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 part of town. Yeah, he is. But so. he came to apologize and then he freaks out the fact that Nancy's got her hand all bandaged up. So now he's all of a sudden thinking, wait, is Jonathan like beating her on the side? Like what the fuck's going on? So he on comes storming into the house. He comes storming into the house and sees the fucking Christmas town buyer's house and kind of just goes into shock of like is this what this kid lives with every day no but he also saw like the gun and the bat too like at least he saw the yeah, bat he on, did on have the a table. Gun i'm shooting <laughs> her and beating her every day <laughs> which i know is not something funny to laugh about but i just 
imagine them just like taking turns shooting each other and then hitting each other with a baseball bat. All I can say is thank God Jonathan doesn't have a tripod set up. Because that would just go to a whole another weird level for Steve. Sure. <laughs> yep. Sure, why not? Not touching that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to think really? of something to say, and I figured maybe let's just not. Yeah. You're the one that's calling a peep Tom this entire show. What? You're the one who's been calling Jonathan a peep and Tom the entire show. Because he is. <laughs> He's creepy McAss. Like, this dude. That's a new nickname. I don't understand that you guys can be like, yeah, that guy. I'm on his side. Well, Nancy apparently likes him because she ends up just pointing a gun at Steve and says, get the Man, fuck out. Nancy's a dumbass who doesn't know what she needs. I don't think anyone knows what they actually need in this show. <laughs> I was gonna, no. Yeah, I was say, but like, least of all the, the teenagers. The children. The children. Least of all the hormonal teenagers. Well, you know, we've all to... been there. She's playing both sides. Let's be real. We make we make terrible choices. Yeah, she's doing the whole Bella thing. Where she's like, yeah, I kind of want to have them both. So I'm just going to string them along. Is that a... That is a Twilight reference. reference. That is a sure. Twilight reference. I've seen all of the movies and they all suck. Never um, cared to but... watch it. I will watch anything, and I just I had to know, and I'm like, wow, these they are really bad. <laughs> and worst of all is the fact that these two dopes just kept getting strung along by Bella. Just so were you, Team um, Edward or Team Jacob? I was Team Brawny Paper Towel Man, ah, and that was okay. that was her dad. I just wanted her dad to like leave Bella in the woods and start a new life by himself where he's like, all right, well, I guess I just don't have any children and I can start anew. <laughs> that was Team Brawny Paper Towel Man. All right. I'm loving these tangents. This has been a very tangent-filled episode today. <laughs> well, when you start talking about what love are we on? <laughs> We 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 Don't you know we're on, back in time. We're on we're on, we're on we're on seven. Yeah, the last oh one. Yeah, <laughs> Master he need to go back and watch Sesame Street. One one ah, ah, two ah, ah, ah. <laughs> finale ah 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 ah. So uh, back to the I told you all that for a good laugh. So you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all can shut You couldn't help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny after. I think it's funny, too. This is the first time I've heard it, so. They've had weeks to sit with this. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> Literally. So, so are we talking about... We're, we're talking about now? the... Are we talking about love... Do we have to talk uh, about We gotta finish more? off the little love triangle sequence oh. where the Demogorgon comes flying in through the ceiling and they all Scooby-Doo it into Will's room. Also, it's no Han. Steve's reaction to the thing is like, what am I seeing? And then the Scooby-Doo action. Because that was... His face's price is like, what the hell is going on here? You guys, you both are crazy. And then out of the ceiling comes this Demi Gorgon, he's like, okay, what's wrong? As the, light, as the lights <laughs> are flickering, that's, that was kind of the final key for him. It's just all the lights started flickering. 
Jonathan and Nancy are like, where is it? Where is it? He's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And Everyone else's like, goal here has been, maybe they've had multiple goals, but it's been like, all right, there's this thing going on. You got to figure out what it is. Steve's like, yeah, the thing going on is I want some ass. And <laughs> Jonathan is getting in my way of that goal. So this is just like another Tuesday for him. There's no like supernatural elements or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, he's blissfully unaware but, until but this he episode. wasn't there for ass because he had no idea Nancy was with the Jonathan. He went to Jonathan. To he was there for love. Fine, we were seeing the start of the Steve Redemption arc. I was hey, I'm not, I'm not putting against uh, um, Mitchell here asking? because the fact that he was trying to apologize to get better yeah. on the good side of Nancy. So yeah, yeah. what what besides the redemption arc? The, what the, are we, what the what underlying are we motive, the underlying motive of all this was to get ass, but the yes. initial reason was not. It was to apologize to Jonathan. It was step one to get back on good. Step one to get back to ass. <laughs> yes, great <laughs> steps. Yes. Steve Ass Journey. <laughs> Steve Ass Journey. <laughs> All that'll right. Be yes, that'll back, be a new back, th- that, That's going to be a great campaign slogan. Back to ass. That, that'll just uh, be a new segment for the show, the continuation of the Steve Ass Journey. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, so they're in Will's room, and this thing does not show up. Uh, and then they're like, where the hell this thing went? Which brings up another question I have. How is this thing teleporting so fucking easily? Where is it coming and going? Well, it's the flea. But no portals opened up. That didn't explain anything. (laughs) The fucker just crashed through the ceiling and then it magically disappeared within the house. Where did it go? I kind of have the same question. But I just don't know what... What was your answer supposed to be? But this is... Back to my question that I've asked every single episode. How the fuck do these portals work? Because some of them make sense, and then some things happen, and it just makes no sense. And that that's one of the few things with the show that bothers me in the first Hey, man, season. it's magic. I, I That's the only way I can explain it, I guess, but... I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. There, there's a I, lot I need of a little, like... I need a little bit of rules to understand, like, this is how things should work. Well, then you might want to stop now because yeah. it, it only gets a little like bit more... for rules. <laughs> no, it's a lot that, of that's, just, That's like... my only major grievance with the show, at least the first season, is just the whole portals and how things travel back and forth make no sense to me. There's but... a lot of, like, well, it can just happen this way now. So just yeah. roll with it. And a lot of times it's very easy to just say, well, you know, this is a fun set piece or, you know, this is taking our characters on an interesting journey. So I will roll with it. And I think that that is something that in lieu of having like stringent rules, they've done a good job of making it so that whatever is going on is so interesting that we're not thinking about that quite as much until some assholes like us get on a podcast and, Start nitpicking it. Should that be our new podcast name? Assholes like us. A O U. Not bad. I'll, I I dig it. It'd be fitting. Oh, don't tempt me. All right. <laughs> All right. Send me. Let how's, me how's this logo? <laughs> It'll be. Uh, Do you guys ever see the community? Yes. It'll be, the flag, it'll be the school flag. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the show. 
So we get a little mini scene of Joyce and Hopper exploring the Upside Down. And it's a little tie back to what Connor's been trying to figure out this entire show. The significance of the stuffed animal. Why it has showed up multiple times. It's an emotional string that has no significance to the show. But that little stuffed animal lion is was seen in Castle Byers, which they see it again in the Upside Down. We saw it on Eleven's bed and Hopper looked at it weird and we didn't know why. Now we know it was the same stuffed animal that his daughter had in the hospital when she was going for treatments. We see the same stuffed animal on the bed. So Connor, that was the significance of that little stuffed lion. Huh. But I thought it was very interesting that it kind of popped up in that weird spot in Eleven's place. Yeah, I, I think it was just an odd coincidence, but they I think they only place it there for the fact of Hopper to see it just to kind of get that look for us. It was almost a little bit of a red herring for us to think it was something important. Yeah. But it was important to Hopper because of his past. It reminded him of his daughter. Mm-hmm. And in this sense, it's kind of ironic because he's trying to find this new kid, Will, and he's trying to save this kid, the kid that kind of resembles his daughter who he was unable to save. So it's kind of a little emotional cue there. But it was a quick little scene. We got another flashback, you know, with Hopper and his daughter going through treatments. And then we cut back to the love triangle fighting the Demogorgon this time. Steve leaves the house, sees the lights flickering again. And Steve has the badass moment of, I'm going to go back in and help. So yay, Steve. I'm sure that's a big win for Mitchell. I want to cut in on this because Uh-oh. the one thing I mentioned from, like I kind of alluded to earlier with episode six or episode seven, that is like Murray screwing uh-huh. up um, with him and Tweedledee and Tweedledum, where I always get their names. It's just to me insignificant. Tommy uh, Carol. Yeah. Uh, with Tommy goes to him is like, oh, I'm just know, insignificant quote, to everybody. Of course you are. Um, quote, <laughs> run away like you always talk, talking to Steve yeah, saying yeah. run away like you always do. And he was he was ready like to get the hell out of there. Well, plus yeah. also um Nancy was like, get the hell out of here too. And props to him to get back in the get back in the buildings, like screw it. Like that was like some badass bravery right there. And like just he's you know he's scared out of his mind, like not knowing what the hell's yeah, going right. on. Yeah. And he got in there and <laughs> yeah. picked up that bat and went clubbing, baby. It was great. Oh. Now, which one I of those honestly, two would you want to fuck? <laughs> Look, Jonathan was a scrappy fighter. I gave him that in a fist fight, but come weapons involved, Steve's got the skill behind the bat. Yeah, it's Steve skill. all day. Like, Jonathan yeah. with the bat would not have been nearly as effective as Steve was. Steve was doing little fancy twirl moves. He was like Captain America with Thor's hammer. He was just beating shit left and right. All right, let's not let's not go crazy. That's a little uh, too much there. But a little, the, a little too yeah. much there. But, but hey, this, look, but I'm just trying to hype up Steve. I'm just trying <laughs> yeah, to hype well, him up. It was a bad. You don't need to bring down the other Steve to you know hey, up this one. It's the power they of the both, name, man. They can both coexist without it's the power of the name besmirching uh. anybody. <laughs> So put in, put in the veil trap, which surprisingly worked. Okay, one thing that I I get at the same time question was like, why set it up in the house, the trap itself? Like keep it to keep it in tight quarters, maybe. 
because I mean, like it, it could have just been more of a safe more people thing, in your thing for Jonathan and Nancy because if you were fighting a monster, would you feel more comfortable fighting it just outside where it's just wide open or in a house where you've grown up and it's like that? You're, that's your safe place. You know, it like the back of your hand. But I also going to put letter and there's walls house. and doors. You, there's also stuff you can throw in the way. There's walls. You want to limit, limit the space, which I can also see being a negative, but at the same time, like you don't want to have to like survey a bunch of different. I don't know. Oh, I just, you, you, I, you I, want the the self like you just want to have something to hide behind, even though it has no safety value. It's just the knowledge of knowing you have something you can hide behind, even for a second. Whereas if you're just outside, you got nothing. It was more so the decision of like I'm gonna put let, uh, gasoline inside my house and light it on fire. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds stupid. Exactly, and that's how I was thinking. Like, like thank God they had the fire extinguisher there. But I was like, if that thing, if that thing didn't die, it was still like still burning and still screaming. And are you guys with the whole house go on fire? And there goes your home. I mean, look, the the buyer's house has taken quite a few beatings. This show, you've got phones blowing up. You've got Joyce axing through a wall. You've had a monster come through a wall. It's just a matter of chance. If it burns down, it burns down. I'm sure it'll be built right back up for next season. It's just it takes hit after hit. So Jonathan just didn't care at this point. Mm -hmm. He seemed to be perfectly okay with just like Mitch said, just you know, lighting it on fire, doing whatever it took to kill the monster. I mean, at the same time, he wanted to get revenge for his brother. So if he could take this thing down, that's what he was going to do. And also, the fact of staying in the house, you have that narrow hallway to trap it. If you're outside, it's going to be a lot harder to trap into a bear trap. That might be the other reason why they chose to try to burn down the house. They were quite resourceful <laughs> for the tools that they had. Yes. They were I just love when they went up. to the store, though, and then that guy was like, so what's this for? I mean, we kind of touched on that already, but like just them getting all that stuff, it's like they were pretty resourceful. Monster hunting. Monster hunting. So, so we have them finally defeating the Demogorgon, but it doesn't die, but it definitely flees back to the upside down, and we see kind of a little bit of a blood trail. But here comes another weird part: is where they see the lights that are, as the viewers, we know it's Joyce and Hopper in the upside down going through the house, and Jonathan kind of picks up on it, like I think that's my mom, and he says mom, and then Joyce hears him from the upside down calling her. So was there a portal inside the house that we just don't see? It's another gripe. I just don't understand how it works. How, like yeah. how can all of a sudden you can just hear? So it, it was almost like the bad four scenes from the new Star Wars trilogy, where you just magically hear people talking. Well, force ghosts, man. We got to talk that shit about the new Star Wars movies, though. <laughs> Except for Rise of Skywalker, I will allow slander on that. Look, Absolutely. next thing you know, you're going to see Jonathan put hit, put the bat behind his back and Joyce picks it up in the upside down. What's wrong with that? There's a lot of things wrong with that. But well, let's, not, like, let's not do a Star Wars tangent. beyond that. <laughs> Ignore I'm me. Sure. We're not doing a Star Wars tangent. That will take too, too long. Yes, it will. I've, I've been <laughs> through that already multiple times in my life with you. Yes. 
so we see before will where will has heard uh we have heard will's voice i'm uh, sorry yeah have we, yeah we heard will's voice before in the house yes it was when joyce heard his voice through the wall and that's when she decided to break down the wall but there was no will. but there was no portal set up there yet no so that's what i'm saying it makes no sense of how it all operates and works because we because we see the the flesh of the upside down but we don't see the actual portal that for her to go through but like you get a... that like orange coloring in the wall yeah that's what we see well maybe we'll find out in the future maybe but anyway so after that we cut to the party who is just left all by themselves to fend for themselves at the school hunting for pudding hunting for pudding i i love that like dustin's one of my favorite characters in this show and i i just felt myself in him this episode where it's just like you know what we're in a life or death situation let's go find the pudding that the snack lady's hoarding to see if it's actually being hoarded and he goes on a little side quest and he was victorious in finding the chocolate pudding stash which was fucking hilarious but, yeah, I, yeah, I, got I loved every bit of that. No, nothing. I was to add. not. I, I was not a what? big pudding kid. So, so you. So if you were stuck in a high school, like what? What would you have gone snooping around to find then? You would just sat around doing nothing, or would you go snooping for something? I mean, it's a high school. There's not really much I'm interested in. Snapple as a high schooler, Snapple. I, mean, I was trying to avoid saying that because I didn't want it to sound like you know, 29 year old Mitchell. <laughs> was doing that when i was in high school as a high schooler of high school age we're old mitchell get used to it well yeah no i I, i'm fine with that shit i'm i'm more than okay with that i'm just trying to make sure that i sound like i'm not like i would have started i would have started with the deep fryer and made some tater tots you would have gotten someone killed i would have not I would have made delicious tots for everybody. (laughs) That's what you would have done. (laughs) Hey, everybody, come eat my tater tots. Ew, get away from that kid. (laughs) No, I walk into the the gymnasium and be like, I got tots, motherfuckers. Who wants some? He would say that. You would say it just like that. I know. He would say it just like that. That's honestly, that's pretty par for the course for him. (laughs) (laughs) So, aside from my lovely tater tots, I would imagine make you guys in this new universe we've made we have mike and 11 having their little heart-to-heart moment and mike is just digging himself into a weird hole in this conversation where he says that hey 11 you can live with us after will's found everything goes back to normal and 11's like oh like a sister and he's like no that's like (laughs) You're asking you're asking your parents to adopt this girl to make basically make her your stepsister. Man, that would be however cringiest shit I had to see. And yes. I actually skipped through part of the conversation because I said That's cheating. Fuck That's this. cheating. This is, That's cheating. This is so cringe, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> so I, I had I had to skip to the end of, of that. I feel like you've got to dock some points from your grade just because of that. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, you have Connor, to Connor, did you have any cringe during the scene? Uh, honestly, I was pretty okay with this one. Because, like, 
I thought it was endearing by Mike to try to convey what he was thinking. Like I, I didn't think it was that cringy, and I've seen much more cringier stuff than this. And I thought it was, I thought it was honestly kind of cute. I the delivery, no. yes, there was something where just taking those lines on the page, if you deliver them in a certain way, it can be kind of creepy. But Finn Wolfhard, I think he peaked in his acting abilities at like the what was it? He twelve, thirteen. Because I think that he peaks in the first two seasons of the show, and then in it, yeah. And yeah, I, I think that the one and two kind of and, he, and Ghostbusters. A, he was in Ghostbusters too. The the remake. yeah, but he just he looks weird, man. He's a weird looking dude. Yeah, he's a strange looking guy. Yeah, Connor and Nick, you have a lot to look forward to in the evolution of Mike throughout the show. He just he he does not age well. He just looks like if like good to know. If a stick came to life, no, you know what he looks like. He looks and like started awkward... growing. Like if 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 like, let's say like your your sister or something just took all the shower, all the all the hair that was on like the shower wall and put it on a stick, like a like a little popsicle stick. That's like Finn really, Wolfhard. Like honestly, I I imagine him being a younger, awkward version of Adam Driver. Yeah, like if Adam Driver was just like, yeah, completely, yeah. That that's actually a really good comparison. They're both weird looking people, but Adam Driver is like badass. Yeah, like he's figured out a way to make it work for him. Finn Wolfhard hasn't done that yet, and maybe it's because no. Finn Wolfhard is still like in his twenties. Like he's he's still like a really young guy, whereas Adam Driver's had time to like be like, I'm a weird looking motherfucker. I got to figure this out. He's definitely been typecasted as the awkward nerdy teenager. Yeah, oh, yeah. He has. I, I think he's he's he might not in. ever get out of that. He he might not. But he's gonna so be forty seven playing the awkward teenager. <laughs> I'll just Google what this dude looks like right now. He's a weird looking dude. Talking about him. Yeah, you you should. Let, let's he's all wait for He's an odd looking guy. Like I look at him and it's just like the hell kind of species is this? Like, I don't want to be mean, but like. Well, let's hope, let's hope Finn Wolfhard never hears this conversation. We can now look forever. Finn Wolfhard has more going for him right now than I ever will. <laughs> so like, I see what y'all mean. I yeah. would not say I, I would not say Adam Driver though. That's a completely different phase. He looks like if a popsicle wanted to become a real boy. Twins. I'm just saying that's the best comparison I can think of in terms of famous people no i get it no it's oh oh especially this picture i'm looking at right here that is like adam driver if adam driver and timothy chalamet had a kid oh my it was God. like but it was like one yes. percent timothy chalamet and 99 percent adam driver <laughs> like you definitely yeah. got the wrong genes from that one all right so enough trashing on Enough trashing on Finn Wolfhard for. I for love the time Finn Wolfhard. Being. Again, I I said that th- this season, he's got a lot more on his shoulders in these two seasons than he does in some other ones. So we have the monumental, awkward kiss of the season. Mike lands one eleven and just runs off. He pulls that little shy kid and just runs off. <laughs> sees a car pull up, thinking it's someone else. 
And oh shit, here comes the government, baby. Dr. Brun Brock Brenner rolling in hot. And oh shit, things go down. People being chased around, people's heads getting squished from the inside. What did you think of that whole chase scene? Connor and Nick. It definitely uh, ramped up from zero to a hundred mad quick. Um I was not expecting uh all the uh all the blood and gore, I had to say, like right right away. But I very much um you know, liked their you know, stick to itiveness to try and kill the Debbie Corgan that it just failed so miserably. <laughs> yep. It, it was it was very interesting. Like this is where I really fell in love with the show because they just had a sh- episode where it's been kind of a slow paced episode so far. Nothing big's been going on, and then all of a sudden the body count just drop goes from zero to like eight or nine within a minute. I mean, I don't know the exact number of people eleven killed in that scene, but I think it was at least four or five, maybe more than that. And then the Gorgon just comes in and just starts killing everybody else. The body count just rose. Well, the um, because Brenner came in before that, before the the, the um, uh, was it before, before Brenner came in, she killed them. Correct, remember correctly that she passed out. Brenner, well, Brenner. I mean, obviously, Brenner showed up with everybody, but it was the uh, female age, uh, Fraser. Who no, kind of I came in with the main I, crew. I just wanted to just make make the point of like, oh, her actually like, no, no. At first saying, oh, that's Papa, but like, the uh, was like, oh, I want to go with Mike. Like, screw you, you're bad. Like, and he sort of realizations like, oh, she's turned on us. Like, she's not. She doesn't want to. No, she sees us as the enemy now. This is not good. And then the demigorgon came at the perfect time for him to get the hell out of there. Or try to at least try to escape, but yeah, that was that, the first that, time. That was, that was the first time the kids had actually seen her kill someone. Correct. Uh, assuming I, she I, didn't kill anybody when she flipped the van. Yes. Yeah. But it's the first was, time. Yes, yeah, the first time they've seen it, but it's not the first yeah. time we've seen. She, it. Yeah, because we've seen it before multiple times. Yeah. Um, the fact that she was able to just do that and just like, no, not should a lot to kill. Six people all at once. That's pretty. Yeah, and, that, uh, and we definitely, and that's where we see her powers kind of amplify. And that was a really cool oh shit moment because in the past when we've seen it, she basically snapped the neck of like one or two guards and like that basically wiped her out. And here she literally just squeezed the brains of like six agents at the same time, pulled the ultimate like force choke move on all these guys. That was such a cool scene. And then she is just down for the count. And that's when Brenner kind of stands over her and basically asks her to go with him. And that's where she refuses. And then the Demogorgon comes in and just kills everybody. And that's where they get away. And we cut back to Joyce and Hopper in the Upside Down. And they follow a trail of blood. They find a bunch of people dead which I'm guessing are those missing hikers that they mentioned in like the first or second episode mm-hmm. when Hopper was told about those random missing people. And then we find Will, 
with a giant tentacle down his throat. Some oh, nasty God. shit. It was long too. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a snake. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just it was gross, but he just kept he just kept pulling it out. I'm like, oh, oh. It, it was the, it was the clown. It was the clown trick gone wrong. It's yeah, just, the, it's not it's something the broke, you want to see. The, 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 the handkerchief. handkerchief? Yeah. <laughs> handkerchief? Yeah. yeah. It, it was just a slimy handkerchief. But then we go back to another devastating scene is when he pulls it out and it starts doing CPR on Will and just keeps going to flashbacks of watching doctors perform CPR on his daughter as she's dying. And that scene just that that was the scene that gets me every time because it was just you see Hopper just break down, and that's definitely that's definitely the cause of what him and his wife just couldn't recover from. Is they just probably couldn't emotionally recover from the fact that they've lost their daughter in such a devastating way, and we see Hopper just so determined to not lose Will in kind of the same fashion. So he's he's kind of doing that TV show moment of just like magically doing cpr where the person survives and i think of lost every time when i think of these things i don't know if you guys have ever watched lost i have not that was a long time ago yeah but i don't know if you remember that like in the first season when uh dominic monahan's character charlie is like dying and jack just starts like pounding on his chest Yes, that's every time every movie or show that's what i'm saying it's this cliche moment of like if I just do CPR hard and long enough, <clears throat> they'll come back to life. Oh my god. It's like they just they think that like punching down harder is some <laughs> for some reason the way that that the and person just like, goes <gasps> as someone who's done CPR multiple times, it's like it's just it's not how it works. No, that's not how it that's works. That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. That's all you it, need to know. It it's a little bit of Hollywood magic that brings people back to life, but it's just I was waiting. I was just waiting to see Hopper just start pounding on his chest. Oh, say, he will not die on me. <laughs> Such a cliche but, line, too. Yeah, exactly. But Hollywood magic. Will comes back to life. And it's that little magical moment. They put the air, the oxygen mask on him. And it's like, all right, Will's alive. And cutting back to the group. The Demogorgon pins him down. And Eleven comes in, basically comes back to life, pins the Demogorgon up against the wall, just vaporizes them both. Were so you guys sad. expecting that? Uh, definitely not. Because that was they, definitely another oh shit moment in this episode. How they directed that was fun though, because like they made it first seem like it was uh, Lucas's slingshot. Yes, which was which was great. I'm like I loved watching that too. Just like. It's like really, it's like that's the last line of defense. Just a little slingshot, little pebbles shooting rocks at him. Like, I was like, like is, he going, is it going to get in his throat and like make him choke? Like, yeah, that was like, that was like the thought I had. And them did shit, but like, Eleven doing the ultimate sacrifice and like, no, going oblivion on him and well, taking himself out Hollywood, at the same time. Yeah, it was kind of that Hollywood thing too, where like, I don't know if he was exactly down to his his last rock, but like but they, they had more. Like, okay, all right. So they had more. So like they always do like that zoom in, like close yes. shot where it's like, oh, I'm gonna get this. Well, I think 
I, I could be completely wrong, but I think that rock was probably that rock that they picked in that episode that's where the rock really they're like, this yeah. is the one, like this is the right one. Yeah. And that was probably the rock. And that's why they did that little intense moment. But going back to you, Nick, with the whole like Hollywood movies, that scene reminded me of saving private Ryan at the very end where Tom Hanks, character is just shooting the tank with a handgun. Yeah. And he just blows and, up and, and he's like, Holy shit. How did I blow that up? You're led to believe that he just blows up the tank <laughs> freaking like cult <laughs> like that like that scene oh, plays out almost like frame by frame the same way just from a different angle yeah. but it was just a cool scene so we see 11 come out of the corner just holding him up and she gives that like very sad turns around moment looks at will uh looks at mike and says goodbye and then poof, vaporized yeah she ain't gone. gone no you don't think so no way no nah. No way. No. Connor? Nah, she's... Well, we'll get to later, but yeah, she's still getting yeah. around. Yeah, that'd be way too easy, and I'm still <laughs> sticking to my Walking Dead theory of if we don't physically see her, like, not breathing... But we did. We physically saw her vaporize. It doesn't matter. Nope. Don't matter. Ego say <laughs> otherwise. Stranger she... things have happened, Tommy. Oh. Don't you drop the name of the show on me. <laughs> Don't you do that. <laughs> Don't you pull that move on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Mitchell, I'm disappointed you didn't get that reference. Oh, you got it. I got it. I just hate Talladega Nights. Oh, fuck oh. Horrible. I don't Damn. like Will Ferrell. Nope. We're moving on. I'm not. Talladega Nights is a horrible yeah. movie. Anchorman yeah, gotta, is wildly overrated. We gotta wrap this up. And Step Brothers is tolerable. Mitchell, Mitchell's stop talking. Connor, him. mute his thing. I'm done. I'm done talking to Mitchell. <laughs> Don't even get me started I, on that bum know. Adam Sandler. You you were just picking a fight tonight. I'm just who, making sense tonight. You don't want to hear it. Yeah, really. Unfunny people that think they're funny by doing the same shit over and over again. And think that just by doing it louder means I'm going to laugh more. I really hope the Jets get their asses kicked on Friday. That's the only way I can get justice. Really? That, that's, that's your wild dream? That's your big yeah. fantasy? That I, I happens have no other, every week. I have no other way to emotionally hurt you right now other than just the hope that the Jets lose. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> but maybe they'll delay Dune 2 again. No. Oh, because I'm really concerned about that? I am. You want my pain. Have you forgotten your goal here, dummy? Is Dune 2 the top commodity that you're looking for right now? As far as movies go, yes. The book that was the movie I was looking forward to most this year, and they moved it to March. Uh, it was supposed to come out like two weeks ago. Little tears. Yeah. This is the world's smallest violin. <laughs> <laughs> Butler Izzo has now performed a little orchestra for you. <laughs> is this is this orchestra to your satisfaction? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not delighted this, enough. This has been a deranged, oh, derailed episode today, people. I it is. Look, this is what happens when we start recording at eleven o'clock at night. I like. Yeah, I don't know. We should start recording at like seven in the morning and see what happens. <gasps> Let's do it. Nick with a All cup right. of Joe, just like pip pip, pip pip cheerio. So, 
we end this episode with Christmas Eve. We're going to skip over the whole Mrs. Wheeler showing up to the fucking school. Of all people. I was oh, like, you, you skipped is... Will in the hospital. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's not Christmas Eve. Oh, all right. Sorry. We, we get a little Lord of the Rings moment where Will wakes up in the hospital and all of his little hobbit friends come to cheer that this he's alive. exactly what I thought during that part. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Nick Nick can always come to my aid for Lord of the Ring references, and I, I love it. I was waiting Mitchell, for... are you going to tell me you don't like Lord of the Rings now? No, I love Lord of the Rings. Oh, thank God. Okay. Right. I like good movies. I thought I, just... I thought Mike was gonna forget one of the uh <laughs> forget someone's name like Frodo forgets Legolas. <laughs> that we can't go we can't go into this tangent. No, <laughs> no, we're not going to. no, back we're back, not, back on rails, back on rails. So I just I thought that like he was gonna like kind of be not I don't want to say incoherent. But, all right, but all right the only person that could have filled the role of Legolas would have been Steve. If Steve was just standing in the doorway, just and they just nod to each other, that would have been the perfect Lord of the Rings reference right there. But we carry on. So Will has a little moment, and then he starts coughing. They all kind of look at him like, "Oh, oh shit, you were sick. Oh, poor little Will." But he pulls through. And after that, we see Mike looking to or slightly before that, sorry, we, we see Mike depressed about losing 11. We see Nancy depressed about Barb. So we kind of see the buyer, uh, not the buyer, the Wheeler kids kind of going through their little emotional emotional setbacks because they both lost somebody and they didn't get them back. But we got Will back, so that's all that matters. So after that, we see Hopper get pulled up by a car outside the hospital. What do you guys think that was about? Well, that's more so that was, like that was he, pretty a sketchy moment. They didn't expect him to survive in the first place, so and I'm assuming yeah, Brenner's dead, or I, I'm assuming he is. But of course, of course, to Izzo's theory of if we didn't see him die, we don't know he's dead. That's okay. right. Um, so let's let's back step real quick for a second. Connor, Nick, do you both think Doctor Brenner is dead? Um. My assumption right now is yes, but I don't. I I don't know. Connor, uh, Connor's assumption is yes. Nick's sticking with the Walking Dead theory of no. I wouldn't yeah. put money on it. Yep. Okay. All right. That's that's important to note. So continue with the next part. What was up with Hopper in the car? But like, yeah. I thought, like, oh, okay. They were. Um, sorry, cut you off. Uh, they um. Because the fact that he is the, the really as we know of the only person who really survived, as well as um, Will's mom, of like actually exploring the upside down. Of course, they want to know what the hell he did. So like that to me was just why why wouldn't they want to get that information from him? Yeah, exactly. I, that's pretty much what I was gonna say. I, I feel like once he. Once he took that last drag of that cigarette, he kind of just had a, you know what, I better just kind of go with them because I, I would think, for him, he would probably think that even if he tried to like, just go home, they would probably just kind of follow him and probably just bother him until they got the information. And yeah, like Connor said, I feel like that's that's valuable intel for them. So why yeah. wouldn't they try and pick him up? Okay. 
So now it's Christmas Eve. We get a little flash forward. This is the very end of the episode. We've got the boys playing another episode of Dungeons and Dragons in their basement. And they're now fighting the Thessal Hydra. And Will takes him down with his little fireball spell. Do you think that's any foreshadowing for what's to come? Since we know what happened in the beginning of the season with Will losing to the Demogorgon. Now they're fighting a Thessal Hydra. Do you think that's any foreshadowing for what's to come? Obviously. Yes. like Absolutely. Because that's I'm going to ask you guys at the end with our prediction for season two. So think of that while we're talking about the, the rest of the episode real quick. Um, we see Jonathan pick Will up. So obviously the buyers are no longer taking any chances with Will riding his bike home. They're picking him up every time, which I thought was pretty funny. And... Do not blame him. <laughs> Do not blame him. Also, too, he's like, you know, I'm assuming he just got out of the hospital a month later. So, like, he's yeah. still probably not the 100% tip-top shape. Yeah, but, I mean, after going through that ordeal, I'm sure he's never going to be left alone for the rest of his life. Yeah. Justifiably so. Um, and then we get right before they leave, Nancy comes down and gives Jonathan a present and in the car, he opens it up and it's a camera. And who is it from? But sweet old Steve. Very heartfelt moment. Steve came through and then we go a little farther forward and we see Hopper driving on Mirkwood and we see him place a box of Eggos in a lockbox. Thoughts on that? Um, oh, I said, I mentioned the ego. I think, well, Hopper, it's been a month. Hopper knows something. Yeah. So I think L is still kicking around somewhere. Okay. Um, hence the ego slash also food for L. Um, also, we, you cut over a, I made a mention of it. And the fact that Nancy still like kissed Jonathan on the cheek. Yeah, the like left triangle continues, baby. Oh, that, that I was saying, like Nancy's the one who's like <laughs> playing both sides here. I'm like, what the hell uh, are you she doing? just sits right back with Steve. It, yeah. and it, it just, it just Steve. makes Mitchell's blood boil. I was like, girl, what are you doing? Like, it's yep. it's Take very aside. Twilight. It's very Twilight, <laughs> and I don't like that shit. I agree. So, yeah. So before we go to the final episode, we gotta get our final. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm making one more thing though. We we missed the whole we're, part. We're not finishing. We're not finishing yet. We're not oh, finishing no. yet. I'm saying you want to miss this part because I have oh, I have thoughts. We are covering this scene. Don't worry. I'm talking about the love triangle aspect. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Connor, Nick, are you team Steve or team Jonathan? Come the end of this season. The people want to know. Um. Mitchell's do I, have here. Pick, do I have to pick on a team? Yes, because Mitchell's whole well-being right now rests on the fact that you guys pick Steve and not Jonathan. So I want to see. No, it's just team. like the, the... Can, I, can I can I pick a third option? Yes, I'm team anti Nancy. <laughs> Yay! You know I would I would like to join that team actually. If, if there's she's a playing, petition she's, for that team, I'll join. She's she's playing both their heartstrings, and I don't like it. Like yeah. Okay. She's stringing them both along. We, we have it's all to go, y'all should both go fuck someone else. And Nancy should just be like, 
you go know, pick, go pick maybe I should just out. make a decision one way or the other, and then I wouldn't be by myself. Yep, well, be an adult first. True. Maybe maybe we'll be introduced to some more new female characters because Barb is dead. Carol's taken by Tommy, and we have not seen really any other female characters in this show yet. That's very true. That's true. That's a good point. So we'll see what happens. So Connor and Nick are now both anti Nancy and are refusing to pick a side. So yeah, because now we get to our final scene. Christmas Eve dinner at the Byer household. Jonathan's documenting everything on his brand new camera, thanks to Steve. And Will gets up, goes to the bathroom, has a little PTSD moment, flashes back to the upside down, spits up a slug, which is definitely part of the little tentacle thing that they pulled out of him. What the fuck do you guys think is going on right now? Because this is a this is a scene that plays a big part into what's to come in season two. I won't say anything more, but this was a very important scene. Well, it wasn't until uh, Mitchell, I keep seeing your thing that says Jeff. I'm like, why are you? Why is Jeff going in my head? He's always Thanks, Jeff. Mitchell. Uh, Mi- uh, He's always oh, Jeff for the second recording of the week. Yes. <laughs> Do we have a little, you can't take a little name into your screen. Mitchell is Jeff. So, as well, Mitchell Jeff said, Mitchell brought up earlier about Barb, and that triggered the memory of when we first saw Barb when Eleven was under the water. And I, I, I had in my, my show notes, like, oh, like, what the hell was, what the hell was with her mouth? Like, was that her tongue or something? No, that was a slug. And I was like, oh, he, he puked that same thing out. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it, has he been, like, is there a parasite now in him? And he's the host of something else? Or is he going to create more demigorgons? Or I am... Because, like... The thing with them, I know, we, I know we touched on it, but like the, where they found the body was a library, and not where they where all the bodies were was it was like a nest, and like that was it was it was their home base of everything there is. We saw the egg there, so there's a very good chance there's definitely more of them sitting around. So like, oh, I I completely forgot to even mention that egg, but yeah, good point. Like there definitely could be more demigorgons because, of course, the one that we saw in the, in the school was pretty much not healthy. It looked like, and it wasn't trailing any blood around. So, they have a method of rep- rep- uh, reproducing. So, the, and the thing too is like, with Will, was it a flashback or was it him like shifting through the planes? And because again, we don't know how portals work, and he could have he could have an ability, something that the Dorian Demogorgons have, where they can just flip back and forth. Who knows? It could be a so, separate separate ability. So you think Will could possibly be a flea now? He, he I think he might be able to be a flea. Like there's um, what movie is it where like the main character is like exposed to something from a different world, and yeah, he gains that ability from that world? There's something like that. There's a lot of movies like there's that. There's a lot of yeah. those. Yeah. Like any origin. Well, it's that kind John of Carter, that that kind of trope. You so, can like, you can almost even reference Venom at this point. I think Venom could be yeah. a good interpretation of it. I, both the movie eh. I picked and the movie you picked are terrible. Honestly, I think it was a good movie. I'm just 
that's the best thing I yeah. can think of. In <laughs> that, terms that's of... true. Honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was Dune again because we just had it on our mind in the first place. Well, I, as in, as in with the with the spice, um, like makes their eyes blue. Well, it unlocks the <laughs> it unlocks the next. I won't spoil anything, but like, don't spoil anything. I will. I know. Jump over my computer and Connor, please spoil everything yeah. right now. Have hold on, you have not read the book? No, I I oh. don't read I don't read books until after the movies come out. When they're okay. based, when when uh, I know that there's movies coming out, like for example, I didn't read the Hunger Games books until after those movies were done because I didn't want anything spoiled for me. But when I go back, I can find new things and you know more details. It's more interesting to me that way. Um. So right. my well, reference now. So I know where to do. I, I never. I haven't seen the Dune movie yet. It's on. I'm have it on my list of movies to watch. Within very next good. Very. Where did, where did it leave off? Uh, it left off after Timothy Chalamet, like, kills his first person, and he goes off to, like, be one with the Fremen. Okay, He's, yeah, okay. like, fully adopted, like, I want, right. I don't want to, like... We're, we're, yeah, we're slowly losing Nick here to sleep. I know. I, I... I me to sleep, but... Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to... I didn't, I didn't spoil anything really too much, but, like... <clears throat> Nick... What's your prediction as to what happens? What's happening to Will? Uh, honestly, I mean, very similar to Connor. I've played many video games to kind of make the prediction that in a lot of the stuff that I've played, like when when there's like that weird tongue thing in Will, or sorry, in the uh, yeah, my bad, in Will, yeah, the slow um, thing, Will. Yeah, so like when that's in him, like right away, that just screamed like, like host body parasite to me. So in very similar to what Connor said, like I feel like he, I don't know if he is becoming one, but I think that slug has infected him in some way. That I also had the same question. I don't know if he can like shift through now, but um. It seems like he's gonna probably have to battle some inner demons. That's that's so. That's so you and Connor are kind of in agreement in the fact that you think that he's possibly now a host. And I now think he's a to... host to something, and he's gonna have to battle like some inner demons. Okay, that's my that's my prediction for what's right. to come. I like it. I had a few more questions, but at this point, I think we should just kind of wrap things up because we are oh, pushing an hour thirty. Um, I want to make more prediction too. I think that Hopper is okay. now going to be teaming up more with the federal agencies. Okay. Well, I was going to ask predictions for season two, so we'll put that into there. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> so let's skip ahead real quick to predictions for season two. Connor, you want to expand any more? Um. Well, because of the fact that like we he obviously has has some information that Ella is alive, so. The only way either L contacted him, which I don't think so, because they don't really have the bond yet, and she would have contacted Mike first, if anything else. Um, and like they also kept, like I know Mike kept the uh, the little hut up for her, because um, they haven't torn that down yet in the basement. But obviously, there's something going on where where Hop has information on L. They're probably in contact, at least giving her food, and she's taking it. So. 
yeah, there's de- he's definitely something happened within that month of him talking to people and actually getting more information of things going on. Okay. Is though? Yeah. Season two, think, what's uh, going to happen? I think aside from Will having to fight, um, you know, the parasite or whatever demon has has entered him. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Mike's probably going to reunite with Ellen some way. I don't obviously I don't think it's going to happen like like right away, but. Given the fact that you know the egos are left out, I think uh, I think sooner than later you'll see you'll see okay. eleven make a comeback. Your predictions now. Another quick question: favorite character of the season? Mine. I'm gonna have to go with Hopper, Dustin. probably. Hopper or Dustin for me. You can only pick one. Who's it gonna be? I'd pick Hopper. <laughs> if I'm only picking one. Mitchell, favorite character give for season me one. Joyce. Damn, Joyce? Took my fuck, you took my pick. Yeah, Ooh. give me Joyce. Hey, you can pick the same character. I yeah, want Joyce can... too. Okay. She was. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. Like now, her is the character, or Winona Ryder is the actor. Both. Both. Yeah, okay. Because okay. of the fact, the my reasoning for this was her conviction. Even though, like, she went through some shit, and but man, she she fought, she really fought some demons to to get her son back, and the shit she went through, I give her a lot of props, and the way that um, I can't remember, don't remember the actress's name, but um, Winona Ryder, the way she acted as her was fantastic. I thought I I, I was. Very much emotionally invested into her storyline. Love it. Mitchell, any other thoughts or just a kind of same as Connor? No. He no. wrapped it up perfectly. Lovely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last thing. We got ratings. Yes, we yep. do. Let's do it. Doing it now. All right. So we have. Um, I never wrote. Mitchell, can you quickly read me back what you had for your episode six and seven? I did to insert them into the spreadsheet. Episode seven, I know I had an eight point nine five. Yep, that was same as Tommy's prediction. An episode six, it was a uh, eight point two to four. Yeah, I know, I know it was over, not by much. Yeah. All right, cool. So as a recap for listeners, the overall average of episode six is 7.91. And the average for episode seven was a whopping 9.11. Wow. So we had some Wait, high who the hell gave out. it 9.11? Uh, I, I gave it a 9.3. Ah, okay. I, I was very go. high in episode seven. And wow. as the person who's sourcing the spreadsheet, I was extremely happy with this. I'll give it a nine point seven. It Jeez. was a, it was a slam dunk. It was a very like right. was it was it perfect? No, but it hit it hit every note you wanted. Great build up. The climax was it turned the whole episode into a frenzy, and then. It kind of had that nice slowdown and then that intrigue of like, oh, the love triangle shit again. 
and then the stupid slug. I'm like, the slug, the stupid slug from Barb. Oh God. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was very good. And it was. And the thing is, it kind of bookend nicely where they they started the season with the D and D game, and they end the season pretty much with the D and D game. So it kind of bookended the whole season very nicely. Yeah. All valid reasons. Nick, what about you? Um, I think I would give it a 9.2. 9.2. Pretty much for the same reasons that, that Connor outlaid, honestly. But um, I, I felt like I don't know what it is at this moment. I think something maybe was, I don't know, missing or maybe something I just didn't like. I didn't agree with, but I think overall it was it was really good. So I would I would give it a nine point two. I think it was my favorite episode of the of the uh, of the season, just because of it happened. You know, it's a culmination of of so much. So yeah, nine point two. You have a tie. You have a tie with episode seven, by the way. Mitchell, why are you shaking your head? As my grade is a nine point two one. Zero. Oh, <laughs> I had a feeling there was going to be another number. Nine point two one is my grade on this one. For the record, so. that is his highest grade of the whole season. And I feel like Tommy, this is Nick's highest grade as well, right? Tied with tied with episode seven. Tied. Uh, right. He gets conventional grades. So you're never really going to get a tie from me. You're going to get legitimate opinion. We'll find out. You did give it nine point zero zero four. Sorry, That's I think it. Hey, I feel like it was your opinion is it's it's plenty legitimate. Sorry, that was the wrong choice of words. And I do I do apologize, but I just Nick, your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. I, I, doesn't I feel like Tom, go go ahead with your grade. I've lost the train of thought. It's gone. All right, just, all right, you're good. I'm gonna go with a nice nine point four. Highest, I think it's probably my highest rating so far. It was definitely one of my favorite episodes of the season. I love Steve's comeback. I love the whole fight scene with Demogorgon. I love the fight scene at the end. The only thing that I don't like about this episode is it kind of it kind of spoils Eleven's sacrifice because with the whole Hopper with the egos, it's like it shows it being a little bit of mysterious kind of thing, like what's going on, but it's like. We all know Eleven's obsessed with the with Ego Waffle, so it's like you just sacrifice your main kind of curious character, and then it's like, oh wait, she's not really dead. So it kind of loses that whole. They could have a much cooler cliffhanger ending, but they just kind of went with a nice little book close ending, like Connor said, but which was good. But for a show that's continuing, I want a cliffhanger that makes me want to go holy shit, what's going to happen next? And it just didn't have that. Now the slug gave it to me. That thing that thing was intriguing to me. Cause it, cause yeah, it, well, yes, Will's Will scene it, definitely It's not did. over. It's not over. Will's scene left it as a, it's not over, which for a Netflix show that was like, at the time that gave us hope that, all right, there's probably going to be a season two. Looking back, obviously we know what happens. So like, but just rewatching, it's like, there was no... What's going to happen next? We know something's going to happen to Will. It's just a matter of what. And we know Eleven didn't die and that she's going to come back because we see Hopper with the waffles. It was just, it didn't have that cool ending that makes you want season two to come out the next day. So that's why I didn't give it like a solid 10. But 
overall, I still love the episode. Yep, and I should definitely see that. So average is a 9.38. My score definitely bumped that up. But overall, though, like even if I was excluded from that, the average is still a 9.3 or 9.27, if I'm ballparking that correctly. But still a quite a high score for that final episode for the season finale of season one. Yeah. That, this episode has reached a hundred, uh, an hour and thirty-three minutes, not a hundred. Actually, it's a record long for us. So, very close to a hundred minutes, actually. Yeah. So True. I was not too well far off of that one. Uh, anything else before we wrap this one up? That was full of many tangents and uh, wonderful walks through the woods. I got nothing else to add. Interesting stories. I I I have. This season was good. I'm excited for you guys to start watching season two next week. So a whole new story to unlock. And I think you guys will definitely like it. Season two is probably one of my favorite with the exception of like two episodes. How, how many episodes are in season two? If I might ask, how? I think they're all the same. I think they're all eight. I think. Okay. I'm just updating my spreadsheet real quick. All right. Um, we'll oh, no, I lied. It's seven episodes. Seven. Okay. I was right the first time. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, All right. With that, let's close it out. Uh, thank you for listening to our first season recap or first season of doing this with Stranger, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, please follow our socials uh, at, I think it's, remember, it's just Stranger, Stranger Nerds on Instagram and then all sites, I believe. Yep. Um, so please take a look, interact, let us know what you guys think. Love your feedback. And I think we're good here. Uh, we'll hopefully see you guys next week. Enjoy yeah. your day. Season. Woo. Enjoy your day. What the hell am I going to do with the rest of my day? Oh yeah. So it's, 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 oh, it's 12.36. <laughs> I'm going to bed. I do with the rest of my day. Their day is going. Our (laughs) day is ending. In the words of Ron Burgundy, stay classy out there. Go have a nice lunch and go to a movie. (laughs) No, more fucking sleep. Take a nice power nap and hit up the matinee. Uh, All right. With that, have a good one.